Hey everyone, Quincy here. Wanted to say thank you for catching this replay of the hashtag Ask a Soccer Pro show on your audio platform of choice. You can re-listen to this episode and all our other interviews, episodes, and audio shows over at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also learn more and enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash PSTM. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash PSTM to enter to win for free today. Thanks again and enjoy today's episode. What up, Sarah? Ryan McDowell. Welcome to the live. Guys are joining in. Katie, what's up, Katie? Sarah, you know, just busy plugging away, making progress, which is great to see, especially after all this work. It's been a lot of work. David07, what's going on? Big mans, what up? Excuse me while I finish my dinner. Mm. Gustav88, welcome to the live. That's what's up. Guys and girls, drop in your I'm in your head emojis and spam that magic the heart thing. I don't know if it does anything, but I like seeing it. If you can hear me all right. D Z9, what's going on? Or I don't know. Does it look like they got rid of the heart thing? Sarah, oh, there, no, the, the heart thing is back. Sarah's steady, taking notes. Yo, shout out Sarah. Sarah is officially my full-time writer. She helps me break down everything that we're doing here on the lives. And she's going to start turning them into articles. And she's going to help me start working on the MSL book. Or she's already working on that. Help me outline it. So I'm excited for that. Andy, what's going on? Welcome. Gustav said, I follow your drills and everything. Gustav, if you follow the drills and you put in that work and you build that mentality, you are guaranteed to become a better player over time. That's just facts. Andy, just like I was telling Sarah, you know, making making progress. Lots of work, but making progress. Yo, love the I'm in your head emojis. You guys, if you update your uh, if you update your Instagram and Twitter handles and stuff to have the I'm in your head emoji. Oh, that's going to be great. Because everyone's going to be start asking, like, what the heck is that? What is that? And be like, oh, you don't know? It's MSL. Are you in the game? If you don't know, then you're not in the game. We're steady playing the game, mastering the game, and taking the game to a new level. DZ asks, are you ready for Seattle Sanders? Uh, yeah. MSL. Always ready. But, yo, welcome everyone to the live. It is the hashtag Ask a Soccer Pro Show with your host, yours truly, 11-year MLS pro and current DC United forward, Quincy Ameriquois. And on this show, though I said I play in the MLS, it's my 11th year in Major League Soccer, on this show we talk about the bump, 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 hashtag MSL. L, the Mental Strength League. It is a game where you are actively playing or you are steady getting played. It's a mindset. It's a philosophy. It's an ideology. It's something that we use to build every day 
as a community to further improve ourselves and reach towards and work towards our goals. So I am happy to have you, those of you who are here live with me right now, and those of you who are listening to this live replay somewhere in the future, which is my past. Think about that for a moment. But this is your opportunity and chance to ask anything and everything of an over decades long and currently active professional soccer player. Those of you who've joined in on the lives in the past know what it's all about. So drop your questions in the question bar. Community, do your thing, talk amongst each other, and all that great stuff. And before we jump into it, while you guys start dropping in your questions and stuff, I'm seeing those things come in. Give you guys a couple updates on things. So, as those of you, uh, as most of you end up finding out about us, we are a soccer account. We help uh, you guys work on becoming the best version of yourself as you possibly can be and to uh, work on the aspects of the game that you need to improve on so coaches and scouts are knocking down your door, right? So um, a couple updates. If you haven't known or didn't know already, you want to head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash book. We've updated our book. Best part about our book is it is free. It breaks down the fundamental pillars of what it takes to take your game to the next level and get you on the MSL path, building that uh, professional soccer mindset. Second, a lot of you are wondering and wanting to know what it takes to build a soccer resume. What needs to be in it? What is it that coaches are looking for? Well, I just updated mine again, so you guys can go check that out at perfectsoccerskills.com slash quincycv, so Q-U-I-N-C-Y-C-V. And that can give you an understanding and a breakdown of what it is you're needing, especially nowadays with all the noise and number of players who are trying to play at every level, to set yourself apart when reaching out to coaches and scouts and trying to get your um, your highlight tapes watched, uh, get people coming out to watch you play, and hopefully getting you recruited or scouted to any level. So if you're wanting to understand and learn how to do that, I updated that so you guys can see that. Um, perfectsoccerskills.com slash Quincy CV. Uh, what else do we got? The B Pro Mentorship Program, we've got live. So not only do we give you guys all of the <clears throat> all of the tools and resources to basically manage yourself and work on yourself and develop the mindset yourself and develop the skills, um, we also know that some of you want to work with a pro directly one-on-one, you know, weekly to build out your soccer goals, your your specific programs, and then map out your, your soccer career and plan. Now, that's a paid service. That's over at perfectsoccerskills.com slash bpro, B-E-P-R-O. Um, for those of you who are wanting to have that hands-on one-on-one, we've got that available. And finally, uh, another update that I want to send you guys away. Um, when I had first started out on this journey, I was really thinking the biggest issue that people were running into was a lack of financial literacy. Um, money is a language, and it's a language that most people don't speak. Um, and if they do, they don't speak it very well. And uh, one of the first or one of, one of the many businesses that I have is Leverage Investment Group. And on there, uh, leverageinvestmentgroup.com, I've, I've built out like a financial literacy newsletter. Um, Many of my friends and family have gone through that. That's helped them get an understanding of how to budget your money, uh, plan for the future, get into investing, build businesses, and all that kind of stuff. Because if you, you don't got your money working for you, uh, someone's uh, inflation is steadily uh, taking it away from you. But aside from that, 
um, as I started working more and more, I realized it's not, though I believe it is a money issue with everyone and their lack of financial literacy, I think more more detrimental to individuals is a lack of time management skills. So their time their time management literacy is atrocious. And what does that even mean? Well, just like how you can budget money, and people at least can understand that concept, how to budget money. You have $100, you have a dollar. Budgeting means you can't spend more than you make. Well, people are very poor at budgeting their time. They don't even think of their time as money, as a finite resource that they only have so much of on a daily basis, and each decision they make determines how they are investing their time. And most of the time, you are making poor investments of your time because that time invested is not resulting in future productivity, which is very similar to people spending on the credit card or spending themselves into debt, and in the future, right, they're taking something, they're getting something now, but in the future, they are enslaved by the their past decisions, right? That's what debt is. Um, uh, and that's why the connection, I was thinking the problem was money problem. It is a money problem, but more important and more deeply rooted than money is a time problem and a time allocation problem, a time management problem, a time budgeting problem. So we helped to solve that problem. We've put together an entire time management uh, Excel spreadsheet and process, and I've uh, whittled it all down to how you can go about learning to budget and manage your time, which I believe is more important than the financial side, which is crazy for me to say. Uh, but the better you are at budgeting your time and understanding how to budget your time and invest your time, the more time you'll have to learn things like financial literacy. And once you start to learn the benefits of budgeting your time, you'll see that it's only it only compounds those effects when you uh, couple that with financial literacy. So head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash time and you will be able to download immediately for free our time management system. Um, I've got the template of, uh, within it, it's got a time template schedule break, breakdown of one of my teammates who I was helping literally going through the mentorship program that I, I had mentioned to you earlier. Um, and you can get an outlook of, I think, there's six or seven weeks of his time budgeting allocation <clears throat> within the um, within the document, so you can see how to fill it out, as well as templates on how to set it up for yourself. And then I'll be shooting some screen shares for you guys, so you can use it for yourself as well too, and navigate it. But I haven't had it, an opportunity to sit down and do that. But that didn't doesn't mean I couldn't have that uh, available to you right now. So for those of you who are more you know, go-getters and self-initiative, uh, quick starters, everything's there for you. For those of you who um, want to be kind of like walk through it, you know, wait a couple weeks, two or three weeks, and I'll have a video up there walking you through the entire uh, document, how it works and how to break it down. But those of you who are good at figuring stuff out on your own, head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash time. You can start looking at it now. And those of you listening to this replay in the future, which will be my past, there should be a link up live so you could do that. But um, there we are on updates. There's a lot of stuff that's been going on. So, And I haven't been actually giving you guys updates on things as they're happening because I get so focused on what I'm working on. But in giving you guys that update, I allowed you some time to drop some questions to get things going. So let's get into it. Um, 
Sarah said clinching the playoffs this week. That is the plan. We're heading to Seattle. We also got to start getting, letting them know we're getting in their heads already. Starts tweeting some stuff out. We did that with Portland. I think we got over like 40,000 views. And I think uh, over on Twitter. And I think it set the tone. It let them know that, hey, we're coming to get points. And we're coming to make it to the playoffs. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, Tell an old guy how to do that. Andy, uh, how to do what? Let me know specifically because I talked about – oh, what's up? Because um, I talked about a lot of things. I updated you guys on a lot of things while you probably dropped that in there. Let's see. Andy also said, what is the hardest thing you for you to deal with as a pro? I think the hardest thing – ooh, okay. Let me think. What's the hardest thing to deal with? I think the hardest thing to deal with as a pro is not getting the credit that you may you may deserve or you may or you may believe you deserve. And – Sometimes, uh, I'll say that's most difficult because when you don't get the credit that you deserve, uh, you might not have what it is you need to make that next move or to make that next transition or to get the next opportunity or more so get like compensated or a contract. You know, um, yeah, I'd say that's that's probably the hardest thing. Um, my belief is eventually if you build up enough of a track record or a resume um it's kind of a you know results speak for themselves stats don't lie type of type of thing but that you would think that that would be true but how people interpret stats is different as well so like we've talked about a little bit on the uh before on the account here um having access to information and data and statistics is valuable to a degree, but more valuable is how you interpret the, that data, those statistics, that analysis, and how you use it to make decisions. So, um, for instance, you could a lot of people make their decisions on someone who scores a lot of goals, which is obviously a great stat or attribute in soccer because if you don't score goals, you can't win the game, right? But technically, you only need to score one more goal than the opposing team to win a game, and It doesn't matter who scores the goal as long as it goes in. Case in point, Portland's a great example. Uh, That was an own goal, and we won that game 1-0. So no one technically scored the goal, but we won the game. So depending on the perspective you want to take on how you assess and make decisions would determine how valuable certain information is versus other information. So if if you're of the mindset that, uh, you know, the goal scorer stat is the most important and only stat that matters most. Um, that may be very valuable and that may make sense. But then what if you said on the stat that isn't being documented, the person who scores the most goals is the worst person on the team. Like they're not a team player. They don't, they're, they're a cancer in the locker room. They make things difficult. Well, I mean, in the sport that I've been in for a long time, many organizations, many um, coaching staffs value the goal scorer above all else. And, you know, <clears throat> that is one way of interpreting it and, and assessing it. Um, if, if you're someone who scores all the goals, that means you're getting all the credit, and that means you can use that to leverage and get to the next spot or next opportunity or whatever it is that you're doing, right? And if that's the, what's other people are, um, 
valuing, then you always have another opportunity. Um, tying it back to what's the hardest thing to deal with as a pro, now not every player on the field can be a, a massive goal scorer, right? So you have to, and that tends to be the most important attribute that, at least currently, that is considered the biggest biggest decisive factor in bringing on players, right? Most teams and organizations are looking for the person they believe that can score them the most goals before they make any other decisions on other stuff, um, for the most part. I know there's outliers and differences. Um, so if that's the case, if you're someone who scores lots of goals, you're getting the credit you need to make that transition or, or move. But if you're, let's say, you're a defensive center midfielder, you're not an individual who's likely to score many goals or create many goal-scoring opportunities. And if that's the most valuable asset of a team or an organization, how is it that you are creating enough value or getting the credit you need so you can make your next transition or move? And that therein lies the difficulty of being a pro, figuring out how to find that balance between getting the credit for the things that you've done and getting people to see the value in what it is that you do and willing willing to pay you or secure you a contract for doing so. Um, that's the hardest because in figuring out how to do that, it's different with each organization, it's different with each coach, it's different with each general management, uh, a general manager, a technical staff. Um, every single one is different. There's ebbs and flows and people are, are, are up and down. It's just the roller coaster. And that's why everything I discuss and speak about here is about the MSL, the mentality side. How are you able to adapt to and handle the almost limitless number of uh, variables that can make or break your career. Most likely, it's more likely to break your career than it is to make it. Um, and if it makes it, then it can be very short-lived. So if you don't understand how it made it, then to maintain it is uh, difficult at best. So I think maintaining a mentality that allows you to stay optimistic while also knowing that optimism can be a weakness that can be exploited against you in professional sports? Good question. Um, let's see. Uh, Jeffrey asked, what do I say when asking a coach about what to do to get more playing time? Uh, I think first and foremost, depending on the relationship you have with the coach, um, you, you want to speak with them. Uh, I know some coaches enjoy speaking with players. Other coaches don't enjoy speaking with players. Um, some only like speaking to the players that they like or they're fond of and don't want anything to do with the players that they're not. You may be one of the players that they don't, which is probably why you want to speak to them and ask them what it is you need to do to get more playing time. One thing that you have to understand is, in my experience, nine times out of ten, the coach is going to lie to you about what it is you need to do to get more playing time. Now, that is not an excuse not to speak to them or ask them what it is you can do. Your job is to hear what it is they say and make sure that what you're doing doesn't allow for what they say you're lacking to be an excuse for why you don't play. So let's bring more context into that so it makes more sense. So let's say a coach says um, to you, you don't play because you're not fit. Now. Let's say I'm a coach and I tell you, hey, you don't play because you're not fit. 
like I said, nine times out of ten, the coach is – that's not why the coach isn't playing you. Let's say I'm really not playing you because I don't like you. But I'm not going to say that because just coaches don't do that. Um, I think they should, but they don't. So <clears throat> let's say I don't like you and I'm saying nine times out of ten with most coaches, you're going to come to me and say, hey, coach, why am I not playing? And I'm going to be like, well, you're not fit enough. Uh, I think you got to get your fitness up. The reason why I'm saying that is because that's buying me time. That's buying me time to not give you a real reason. That's buying me time so you leave me alone. That's buying me time so I can give you an excuse and a reason for why I don't have to play you. So now that you have that information, what you're needing to assess and understand is are you actually fit? If you're not fit, then even though you can think or believe that I don't like you and that's why I'm not playing you, you don't have any legs to stand on. You cannot come back to me until you are fit. So so what we talk about or what I talk a lot about here is, look, 99% of the problem can be me in this situation, the coach, but 1% of the problem can be and probably is you. And that's all you can focus on. That's all you can improve. So you're working to improve on every little thing that you can improve on so that when you get to the coach eventually – um, there's no excuse that I can give you for being a reason for why you don't play other than me having to admit or adamantly deny that I don't like you as a player or as an individual, right? So <clears throat> what we're doing here is we're creating a, a process and a system that you do not allow any excuse to be the reason uh, why you're not going to make it. And you use any excuse and reason for why you aren't making it as determination and motivation to improve on and get better at that. So in this case, it's fitness. So if you aren't fit, then you have to go get fit before you come back and talk to the coach. And then you ask him, you say, hey, you know, I'm fit, right? I'm fit now. You said if I was fit, I'd get more playtime. Um, I'm still not getting playtime. Why am I not getting playtime? Chances are the coach is going to be like, okay, well, it's not just your fitness, but it's your first touch. Um, your first touch just isn't good enough. And I think you could do, do, do whatever, whatever, whatever. Then at that moment in time, you might say, okay, well, what else is there that I can do? Is it just my first touch? Can you tell me every single thing that it is that I, if I improve on and I get better at, I will then earn the right to play on this team? That's a better strategy because now it's not one thing at a time. Now the coach has to think. They have to spend time and they have to write it down. Now if the coach goes, well, I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like you're asking too much of me and that should give you your answer right there. That means there's nothing you can do. Nothing you can do will ever change the mind of the coach. And your job isn't to try to change the mind of the coach because guess what? No one can change, you can't change anyone's mind. Only they can do that. So if you know that there's nothing you can do, now you have a hard choice to make or you have a decision to make, not necessarily a hard decision. Are you going to continue working where you're at is that the best opportunity for you to move to the next place or to get to the next, next, uh, uh, let's say, opportunity? Because um, that could be a stepping stone to your next step. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean just quit and like give up. It's just saying, um, do you understand that this is not the place where you're going to get your opportunity, but this can be the place where you prepare for your next opportunity? Um, uh, tying it back to if the coach now, the coach. I, I said in the example, the coach doesn't want to give you anything or anything like that. That tells you everything you should need to know. But if the coach then says, okay, your first touch, uh, your decision-making, your um, movement off the ball, and your well, – let's go with those things. Your first touch, your decision-making, and your movement off the ball. Okay, well, now you can go and sit down. 
use that time management sheet that I just shared with you, perfectsoccerskills.com slash time. And uh, there's goal setting and everything on there as well too. It's basically the whole, it is the whole program that we've set you through in the BPRO mentorship program. Now you'll set forth a plan to get better at all those things the coach had told you you need to get better at. You're going to document it. You're going to set forth a plan. You're going to build your plan and then you're going to go do the work. You're going to, you're going to shut your mouth. You're going to Put your head down and you're going to just grind and you're going to work and you're going to um, understand that you're not going to get any credit for the work that you're doing, but you're doing it for yourself and that's what you need to be focused on and that's what you need to uh, remember when times get difficult and things get hard because they're going to. It's going to be very hard and you're, it's going to take a lot of um, it's going to take a lot of determination and commitment and sacrifice from you to get to let's say fast forward three months later when you've checked off the fitness, you've checked off the first touch, your decision making and your movement off the ball and you come back to the coach and this is kind of a make or break day because you say, hey, look coach, here's what I've done. Here's everything I've done. Um, Is this enough for me to get the play time? And on that day, you might hear the answer is no. And on that day, you then go, thank you. I appreciate it, but do you have, are there any opportunities, other opportunities for me to pursue? Or also while you're working for those three months, you're connecting with and reaching out to other people who may be giving or willing to give you an opportunity. And guess what? Three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, if you're doing all of those things, you're gonna be prepared and ready to go when you move to your next opportunity. So in very rare cases, you're gonna be able to change the mind of the co- your current coach or get them to believe in you. Um, But most times, when the coach has already made a decision about you, there's nothing that you can do about it other than use the information they give you at that time to improve your game so that the next coach, the next opportunity, the next scout, when they see you, those are literally things that they could not say are poor or not complete about your game. So um, that was a lot, but... This is a lot, and I think many people are of the false belief that it's as quick as a you know one minute three sentence you know Instagram post solution. Like we're talking about high level, strategic, professional level implementation, implementation and execution and even after all of that i'm telling the reason why i'm telling i can walk you through all this because uh this has been my career this is i've dealt with this stuff countless times and um and optimism is important optimism is good but uh you you work with optimism but you prepare with pessimism so coach can tell you, go improve this, 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 and that. I'm going to go and improve and work on all of those things, but I'm also going to prepare and improve on all the things that I'll need to have in place for when I get to the end of the road and that coach, that person, that organization, that whatever does not come through with what they said that they would, right? So I think um, too many players put all their eggs in the basket of believing Whoever's telling them something, that can be your agent, it can be your coach, it can be your mom, it can be your dad, it can be, you know, whoever. And then 
you work hard for three months, six months, a year, two years, and then you show up like, hey, I went and did everything that you said. Uh, can I have what you're saying? And most of the time, they'll be like, oh, they just they're basically going like, oh no, well it's it's out of my hands and it's out of my control and I can't do this and I can't do that. When really it's just like, oh, I didn't expect or think you were going to be capable or able to do what it was that I said because I've never seen anyone else do it before. So I'm not able to acknowledge that or even understand that. So I'm going to make an excuse out of my control so I have something to blame other than me, right? That is the path that most people choose to take. You have to understand that if you're someone who wants to navigate in this world and you have to prepare for both eventualities or both potential eventualities them following through which is great so win-win like you did the work they said what they meant they did what they said and you're fine um but most cases especially in this world of professional sports especially i mean this is also on the youth and club level as well too because there's money to be made um most people it's a lot of false promises and um where you'll get yourself in trouble is if you believe everything you hear. Um, yeah, that's where you get in trouble. That's where you get hurt. Now, uh, with the optimism, pessimism, I say believe what you hear and prepare for if they'll follow through and if they're completely lying to you. So that way when you get to the end, it doesn't matter. They either do what they said and that's great and they don't do what they said and that's great too because you had already prepared for that as well. So... Um, tying it back to the other example, coach tells you to work on your decision making, your first touch and your fitness and your movement off the ball. You do all of those things and you work on that for three months or six months. But also during that three to six months, you're doing your time budgeting worksheet. You're working on your financial literacy. You are connecting with other coaches. You're sending your CV and your resume to other people. You're connecting with individuals. You're working on ways to get yourself out there and promote yourself and to build connections. And then in six months, okay, the coach uh, proves you wrong by not doing what they said and now they don't follow through with what they said that they would but it doesn't matter because now you are at a higher level as a player and individual but you also have these connections that you've made you've gotten your name out there and now you have another opportunity so you thank the current coach hey thank you so much but i've got something else i'm going to go over there um would you be willing to make a recommendation it's not worth it's not difficult to ask especially if like the coach knows in their heart that they kind of screwed you over the least they can do is maybe make the recommendation for you to the next place. If not, like I said, don't bank on it. Uh, there's no guarantees uh, unless it's guaranteed and written down on paper. So having said all of that, the only thing that you can actually hang your hat on and believe in is if someone's willing to write it down and write it down on paper and give it to you and sign it. If they're not willing to do that, then it doesn't mean anything. Um, it doesn't mean anything unless you have no, you know what? I'm even going to say unless. No, because everyone goes, well, I have a good relationship with this person and they wouldn't. And da, 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 da. I'm going, if the person, that's great. If you have a great relationship with them and if they promise you something, they say something, then they should have no problem writing it down on paper and signing it and giving it to you. Right? And if they're not willing to, then you got to question what it is that they're telling you because why not? If they mean what they say and they say what they mean and they're going to do what they say they're going to do, why wouldn't they put it on paper and why wouldn't they sign it? Um, don't allow people to convince you otherwise. 
even though that may be your dream and where you want to be and where you want to play and it's like you know it's okay and if they don't it's that and the other if you choose not to have them write it down and put it on paper you have no one to blame but yourself if and when they end up reneging on what they said that they would do so those were some good ones guys girls ladies gentlemen everyone can you give me some some jesus hands if you're feeling what i'm saying if you're feeling what i'm talking about because we went on a we went on a journey there for a quick second coach edgar what's going on ellis basser blazer what's going on Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, sometimes just talking into this screen, just looking at yourself. Uh, I know, I know, I know, I know what I'm talking about, or at least I, I'm on board with what I'm saying, but I never know unless I get the feedback from you guys. Yo, Azira! What up, brother? Welcome to Alive. Man, how's Chicago treating you? Uh, so Mike and I played together in Montreal and we lived in the same building together and we drive to and from practice every single day. We both got traded at the same time, um, over to Montreal, but, uh, Azira has now made the move to one of my old teams, Chicago Fire. And, uh, you settling into the city? He's also with Colorado Rapids, which was another previous team that I was I was at. Mike, you're starting to what's going on, man? Uh, DZ9 said, "How do you come up with all of your comebacks to haters?" The haters write the comebacks for me. Half the stuff they say is so nonsensical. You just flip it and redistribute it to them so i appreciate them because they just give me content for days shout out content for days shout out my haters shout out my haters uh mls8 i hate you oh that, you know what i'm saying you gotta love someone to hate them hey sorry to interrupt but if you've enjoyed listening to this episode and learning what it takes to increase your mental strength well how would you like to work with me one-on-one directly now you can with B pro mentality Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash bpro, that's perfectsoccerskills.com slash b-e-p-r-o to apply to work with our network of pro players today. J-E-J-J-J-E-R, all right, J-E-J-J-J-E-J-J-R-J-R-D said come back to Chicago. Uh, Hey, I'm a free agent at the end of the year. You can convince them to tell them to bring Quincy time back. We could talk about it. Flex the man bun. Woo woo. <laughs> Let's see what we got here. Uh, Hit my thing. What up, what up, what up? Uh, Sarah said, and this is all so true regardless of your field. Yes, yes. Um, the big things, I know soccer is. Soccer is how we got connected. You guys found out about me and how you've heard about this entire account and, you know, what we do in terms of, like, teaching on the technical side of stuff. But the concepts and ideas and philosophies and lessons I talk to you guys about in the MSL, excuse me, with the MSL is cross-industry. This applies to on the field, off the field, 
at work, at home, in your relationships, I mean, everywhere and everything. It's just a, it's a process for, uh, it's a process of decision making and problem solving, which is a skill um, and critically, uh, critical thinking, which is a skill that is applicable to any industry. Um, J2 Potts asks, how many hours do you need to train a data go pro? It depends on how old you are and where you're at in your development, but let's say just generally rule of thumb, especially with how I'm seeing soccer in America grow and the number of individuals who are trying to, to play at this level and get to this level. If you're not doing an additional two hours of individual training on your own, and I'm talking about outside of, I'm talking about outside of mandatory practices and trainings, outside of scheduled things, I'm talking about two hours a day, seven days a week, working on your first touch and movement and ball, like working on your craft, you are not going to go pro. You're not going to go pro because there's there's kids out there who are spending two to four hours to six hours every single day just playing with the ball, touching the ball, kicking the ball, juggling the ball, getting their touches and stuff. And let's say you're talking about – and I'm talking about two hours minimum, um, two hours minimum if you're someone who's on a team, on multiple teams, and you're playing regularly. Um, if you're not doing any of that and you're saying like I'm not on a club team, I'm not on a high school team, I don't play – anything i don't do anything well you know six hours a day eight hours a day um because you're you're competing against people who have access to more information than you well not now you have access to more information than other people because i'm giving you i'm giving you the information that i never had access to all this stuff that i'm expressing to you guys that i've broken down that i'm conveying into concepts and ideas that can be more easily understood and digested that took a lot of time effort and energy for me to be able to break them down to get this information over to you and this is information that i had to work my butt off to figure out on my own because I didn't have a soccer mentor. I didn't have someone who was walking me through the process. I didn't know anybody who played at the professional level. Um, I didn't know anybody who could validate me or help me out or open a door for me. You know, like I just had to kick doors down or kick the wall until I made a door. And then once I got in, I'm just in the middle of I don't know what's going on and you've just got to figure it out, uh, which is why you see adapt or die, right? So. For me, with what I'm describing and sharing with you guys are the ideas, the concepts, the lessons that I wish I had someone willing to teach me when I was going through the process because it would have saved me a whole lot of time, right? It wouldn't have taken until I get to year seven before I've really fully figured it out. I understand how everything works, what I need to do, how I need to do it, and understand all the mistakes I made in the first seven years of my career, which made you know, my process of overcoming previous um, obstacles or uh, um, what do you call it? Stereotypes or labels on me um, as a result of other people maybe misunderstanding my intentions or what it was that I was doing at the time. So, um, you know, something that had I had that individual to help me would have taken me maybe two or three years, took me seven. But I'm grateful for that because because of it, um, I had to develop the MSL, and if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have developed the MSL, and I wouldn't be having these conversations with all of you right now, and you wouldn't have access to this information the way in which I'm presenting it. So I'm not 
like like I say, there's no excuses. I don't make I'm, I don't ever make excuses. I don't complain about my situation or circumstances because I know that the they're just opportunities, opportunities that I'm either willing to step up to and take responsibility and do the work, or I'm going to decide that that's not what I choose to do. But I'm ne- I'm not going to say that, you know, um, I'm not going to say that it's not um, it's not within my capacity to figure out how to do. It just might take me longer. That's all. So if I know how to stick around longer, then what does it matter? And uh, which is why the approach every single year has to be an approach of you're a rookie every single year. That's the way that I've approached it. So I'm in my 11th year pro, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm just finishing my rookie season right now. Um, and that has served me well, and I've seen many players who, who, you know, who get to a point where they believe that there's no more room to learn, there's no more room to grow, and I think that's the day you start dying and you start going downhill. So, hopefully, what I share with you helps you better understand what it is you're signing up for, but more importantly, allows you to more quickly create the plan of execution to do the work you need to do to get to where you want to go. So maybe it doesn't take you seven years to figure it out. It takes you a year to figure it out. And then maybe a year to implement and get enough experience. And then one more year to see the results of those experiences. And now, hey, you're at in year three, you're at where I didn't get until I was in year seven or year eight. Right? So it's a time game. Um, so many of you that I'm sharing this information with and talking to you about, you're going to be my competition in two or three years. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for you. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. I'm, I'm here to help you hurry up so you can get here more quickly so we can play against each other and we can, uh, we can battle it out and, uh, and improve each other. Because here's the thing. Nobody has your best interest in mind if they don't teach you how they beat you. Remember that one because no one's going to teach you. No one's going to tell you that. No one's going to tell you that one. Because that's the secret sauce right there. That is, that is the unlock. If someone knows how to beat you, and they won't show you how they beat you, then they don't have your best interest in mind. Doesn't mean you can't learn from them. Doesn't mean that there's not value there. I'm just saying, if they don't teach you how they beat you, then you've got some work to do to figure it out, right? Doesn't mean they have to. No one has to teach you how they beat you. I'm just expressing because that's how people make their money. If you think about it, if I figure out how to how to beat you on the field, um, yeah. If I figure out how to beat you on the field, what does teaching you how I beat you? How does that help me? I can make a lot of money beating you while you're figuring out and trying to figure out how to beat me, right? So think about that. And if you figure out how to beat someone. Are you willing to teach them how you beat them? Are you willing to do it? I'm not saying you have to or you should. I'm just asking you if you're willing to. 
And if you are, why? What do you stand to gain from doing so? Which is something you should you should be asking me. You should be thinking about that. Like, well, yeah, well, Quincy's teaching me how to play in the MSL and how uh, how to beat him. Why is he willing to teach me how to do it? Have you ever thought about that? Let's see. Perfect dot 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 budgeting. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Andy asks, do pro coaches have less of a relationship with players than college and club? Yes. Short answer is yes. Um, on average, yeah. Because at the college level, the coach, the coach has the guys for four years. He's investing in them for four years. And there's not money involved the way that it is at the pro level, so there needs to be a connection deeper than just like the contract. Um, same with club. Typically, you know, you want to you can have your players for three, four, five, seven, eight, nine years. So that investment, from the perspective of the coach, seems more valuable and necessary at the pro level. I think for many different reasons, coaches approach it differently some just some find it difficult to build relationships with guys because they know eventually they're going to have to quote unquote screw them over or move them on or do you know what I mean like get rid of them because they're not good enough or whatever so it's like a defense mechanism for some others just don't think that that's part of their job um, they think you're getting paid and you're making money so your job is to be professional and show up and do your job that's why they brought you there and then there's some that are totally bought in, build great relationships with a few. Some build great relationships with all. It just The approach and philosophy is different all over the place. But um, in general, um, the higher up you get, the less relationships are built, which I think is a, a huge mistake. Like I definitely think that's a great opportunity for the coaches who are willing to put in that extra work. Um, I think it goes much farther and will builds a culture that – guys want to be a part of for a long term um let's see what we got here in the oh you guys see how dirty my my um my uh what do you call it basement is I have my son's blow up thing here uh let's see what we got here uh, Ryan asks, Ryan asks, how to get confident and stay confident. We've talked about confidence a lot here in the past, um, but you know, never stop talking about it. Um, getting confidence is the result of putting in the reps and knowing that you've done the work. You've done the work, so you know you're you're getting better. Or you are better than you were. So confidence is a matter of actually putting in work for a consistent amount of time for a long enough duration of time. Um, confidence is the result of, let's see, let me think. Confidence is the result of putting in the work over a long period of time. That's just simply what it is. Like you have less confidence when you're less sure of your ability to do something. You have more confidence when you're more sure of it. Well, the way you become more sure of it is if you do the work. And most of the time, players aren't confident because uh, they're not doing enough work to get better. And they're comparing where they are now to where everyone else is now. And because everyone else is better than them now, 
they don't do the work they need to do to beat them or get better, which means in the future they're not good enough to beat them. So like confidence continues to go down. So if you look how you should really be approaching it is you show up and you look and if you see, oh, I'm not good enough today, that shouldn't hit your confidence like, oh, God, I'm terrible and I'm horrible and I should quit and give up. No, it should say, okay, I've got some work to do. That's all it should tell you. Okay, I've got work to do. Well, what work do I need to do and how long do I need to do this work? And and when when should I realistically expect that work to pay off? Well, then go do that. You do that long enough, then you're going to show back up and then you're going to go see and you're going to be like, oh, hey, that work paid off and I'm better because of it and now I'm confident in my abilities because I know I'm beating the people around me that I wasn't beating before. Well, don't become overconfident and think that that means you don't have to do work anymore. No, it just means I have work to continue to do and more work to so I can start to pull away and become even more confident and take it to another level. That's how you build confidence and do that. And we've got 10 minutes left here on the live before they kick me off because you guys know that I only get an hour. Um, so, you know what we'll do here? Um, if any of you would like to call in live, we'll do like uh, three or four of you for like two minutes where you can ask a question. We'll, you can come in on the live for a little bit, ask your question, um, and then... And then get get to going in these last 10 minutes. So let's see what we got here. Um, so if you're wanting to jump in and call in, go ahead and go ahead and do it. Let's see, we got our and in the meantime, I will see if there's any other questions? Okay, Jeffrey, I'd actually already answered your question earlier. Um, hate ML, um, hate underscore MLS underscore memes. Um, no, like, you didn't make me angry. Sorry to disappoint, but sorry, I'm not sorry. Like, that doesn't bother me at all. It's actually just like, hey, you guys are paying attention to me, and you're bringing plenty of attention to me, and other people are looking at me. And they can learn about the MSL, and we can continue to grow our amazing community. So, if that's what you would like to think, go ahead. But that just means I'm in your head. here uh sony dot box said what if your teammates are toxic you're gonna have lots of toxic teammates um that's part of it but are you willing to figure out how to work with toxic teammates many players are not and i think that is your opportunity if you can figure out how to work with easy teammates and fun teammates and ones that are positive and you know about the team but you're equally able to work with toxic teammates and ones who are negative and aren't helpful you become extremely valuable 
and what you're doing becomes extremely valuable. A perfect example of, uh, of that is hate MLS memes, right? He is just super negative all the time because he wants attention. He's starving for attention. And, you know, maybe in a year or two, he'll grow up and he'll learn and realize he's not very proud of who he was and what he was saying online. But until that time, we can still work with him. We can still talk to him. We can still allow him to participate in the community because one day we think he'll grow up and then he'll recognize that that's not who he wants to be and that's not how he wants people to see him. Um, he'll also recognize it's easy to be okay with it when you're behind a screen, right? In a, behind a fake name and a fake avatar. Um, and maybe he's going through some tough, difficult times and he feels that's how he needs to express himself. So uh, because he doesn't know how to process the negative emotions that are happening within him, in his head, in his heart, you know? So, you know, that's just what it is. You don't have, not everyone's going to love you. Not everyone's going to be on your team, but, you know, they're still going to watch. They're still going to pay attention. And like I said, the most valuable thing that you have, the most valuable asset you have is your time. And they're willing to invest their time in you, spend their time on you. So, hey, we can still make it work. Negativity, cool, spin it for positivity. We can talk about bigger lessons. Like if he wasn't doing that and creating this, I wouldn't have the opportunity to speak to the rest of you as to why that is sad and why you should feel sad for those individuals and why you should be actively looking to help them help themselves because there's some type of trauma there. There's, some there's something that happened. There's something negative that happened to them and they may know what it is and they're not willing to admit it or say it or they may not know what it is and that's why they're frustrated and they're internalizing everything and they're, they're projecting it in negativity onto others. It's literally, I'm telling you, negativity is someone else's insecurities being projected onto you. That's all it is. They think you can't make it, that's because they think they can't make it. And they don't want to see you make it because if they see you make it, that's, that's proof to them that they can't make it. As opposed to having the idea, ideology, the perspective of, oh, if he can make it, I can make it. If she can make it, I can make it. If they can make it, then I can make it. If they can do it, I can do it, right? If I'm willing to figure it out, if I'm willing to put in the work, if I'm willing to, uh, to learn what's necessary to overcome my current temporary obstacles, but that is a choice and a choice that you can only make if you take personal responsibility for where you are and take person, personal responsibility for where you wanna go. And that's what we're talking about here, guys. It's the MSL, the Mental Strength League. If, if I couldn't, if I didn't know how to deal with haters and people who are negative, there's zero, absolutely zero percent chance I would be where I'm at, doing what I'm doing, and able to speak to you guys right now, and have some of you being willing to listen to me, and especially the ones who hate me or who think I'm stupid or terrible, continuing to join in with me every single week, investing more and more time with me, which just means there's more and more opportunities for me to get them to see that they're the ones who are hurting and they don't want to hurt anymore. So take the first step. Be honest with yourself. Is there something about your life, your situation, your circumstance that you're not happy with? Uh, I'm pretty confident the answer to that is yes. Well. Step two of self-honesty. Are you willing to do and learn and implement what you need to to overcome what you've decided that you are no 
longer happy with accepting for yourself? The answer to that is yes. Jump on the self-initiative train. Start putting, putting in place a plan of action. And then step three, hold yourself accountable to it because guess what? No one else can accomplish your goals for you but you. So thank you. I appreciate you giving me yet another opportunity to spread my message of the MSL. Thank you, haters. Hopefully we'll convert you one day. Because it's a lot more fun over on this side. Uh, Sarah said, maybe Quincy will join our podcast perhaps to talk about this. Sarah, I told you, first episode. I'm on there. I want to be the first guest on your podcast. Uh, P. Rap said, we need to hear more about this book. Um, I'll probably be connecting with Sarah here in the next week or two. Um, we're going to just speak a little bit more so we can get to know each other a little bit better. She's helping me break down the Ask the Soccer Pro Show stuff that we have right now. And then she joins in on the live and hears you know, how I think about things and break stuff down. But uh, once we get that going, we could maybe we'll do collaborative with the community, let you guys know like some excerpts from what we're putting together, outline of the book, get some feedback from the community, things you guys would like to see in the book, what you'd want to learn or learn more about. Um, Estrada said, Quincy, can you answer my question? I've got one minute left. Let me see if I can find it. Estrada, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing your question, man. And. Uh, Julian said, I have an allergy test for 48 hours and I'm not allowed to sweat. How can I still get my touches in without sweating? Well, um, there's going to be some times where you're not going to be able to get that work in. So during those 48 hours, you're not going to be able to get your touches in, but you can get that soccer knowledge downloaded into your brain by watching all the Ask a Soccer Pro Show replays and the Ask a Soccer Pro Show clips that we're starting to post over onto the account. So, um... You know, it's not literally every single waking day, and there's going to be some times where you're not going to be able to get those touches in. But the days that you're not able to, then you adjust your schedule, you adjust what you're doing um, to compensate accordingly. And um, listening to the soccer Ask a Soccer Pro Show replays is a great way to be able to to supplement your training. Um, let's see. Let's see what we got here. So we got about 30, I'm seeing like two minutes left. Uh, mass journalists, let's see. You asking? Let's see if we got something here. Mass journalists, I'm, I'm connecting you in, but I've got a minute left in the live. So we'll see if we get you. Quincy Ameriqua here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you would like us to interview next, we'll get working on it right away. You can re-listen to this episode and all our other interviews, episodes, and audio shows over at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.
Thanks again and see you guys in the next episode.